Welcome to Film Friends. I'm your host, Jordan Smith, and with me, as always, co-host, Kate Eingorn. Hello. And our knight in shining armor, Matt Bailey. Mm. Dang good. Oh, oh, yes. No, 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 no. Guess who came up with that one? Yeah, it was uh, very accurate, very true, and I think the audience will be impressed. I think they'll be impressed, too. Um, I guess I'll just start taking notes, see what you mm-hmm. like. I know you like compliments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to that one, you possibly might like medieval-themed nicknames. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. Um, well, for the listeners, again, we're still in quarantine. Um, week two of podcast quarantine. So if you listened to last week's episode, you know that Bailey is remote while Kate and I are still in the studio because we are best friends that live together. In the studio. Um, but, uh, you know, Bailey may be remote, but he's still in our hearts. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, okay. you're you're coming in and out, Bailey, but you know what? That is okay. Bailey asked if the last episode sounded good. Oh, I think it sounded good. Yeah, we didn't get any yeah. negative feedback, so uh, I take that as positive feedback. Are you sure it's not your hearing going in and out? Oh <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm not that sure. Yeah, I mean, I think his hearing's pretty questionable so (laughs) okay good um episode 125 in 125 bc a favorite is back pliny no hadrian Uh, no well hadrian is back in ad guys (laughs) you you have to remember he's not in bc (laughs) he'd be about 400 years old um but we have Marcus Fulvius Flaccus is back. Oh, <laughs> love him. He's back. Um, he proposes the extension of Roman citizen- citizenship to northern Italians, um, but it gets shot down. So Damn. no one respects him. With a name like that. Um, that's all really. Wait. Go ahead. No one respects him? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think we're the only ones. <laughs> but he had an idea big enough to be presented, so someone respects uh, him. If age, if uh, Hadrian was there, he'd be loyal and he'd respect him. I well, agree. yeah, as we learned last week or maybe the week before, Hadrian's he's not opposed to bopping around Rome with a bunch of boys. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, speaking of Hadrian. In 125 AD, uh, the Pantheon is constructed by Hadrian's orders. Damn. That was Hadrian. Yeah, Hadrian did it. In his romance. What was his acquaintance? <laughs> yeah, his acquaintance like Antinius or something. Yeah. Uh, his best ha- boy. Hashtag Hadrian did it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Hadrian did it. Um I think that's on, yeah, no, I'm not even going to say <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and besides that, there's a plague that sweeps North Africa in the same year. Damn. Um, 
but that's kind of too close to home, so we're going to skip that There's one. There's a new pope, it looks like, too. There's always a new pope. Like, <laughs> popes pope. are coming and popes are going back then. Um, Damn. But, uh, yeah, that's all that's going on. Um, so how are you guys doing? Bailey, how are uh, you? I'm good. I started to... Uh, I'm doing intermittent fasting. Interesting. Yo, can you walk me through that a little bit? So basically what I do is not eat from 8 p.m. until 12 the next day, every night, every day. Ah, how's that going for you? It's easy, but like I eat like shit during the rest of the time. So I don't think it's really doing anything for me. (laughs) So... So 8 p.m. to 12 p.m.? Yeah, till so, lunch. So you don't have breakfast? No, I just, you can you can drink coffee and water. That's about it. Yeah, but what about all those people that say breakfast is the most important meal of the day? Well, that's just a... Old, yeah, I, yo, I used to back those people, but <laughs> I changed it. It's an old wives' tale. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really, I haven't really seen the benefits yet, oh. but I'm going to see if I can do it all quarantine. And I really just saw it on the internet and I was like, Hey, I'll do that. Whatever. Yeah. You, you have been known since I've known you to try, try a diet. <laughs> You're not opposed to it. You're, did you, you did the Angus, uh, the Angus <laughs> Atkins Atkins diet. <laughs> Beef diet. That didn't go too well. Uh, can you tell me what you mean by eat by eat like shit? Um. So when when eight o'clock starts to roll around, I go, oh fuck, and I um just snack super hard all the way up until eight, and then I just stop. <laughs> that seems uh counterintuitive, <laughs> counterproductive, but my rules, you know, I'm following the rules, but um bending them a little bit you know yeah i mean rules are made to be bent like uh rob thomas said did he say that (laughs) he was so bent um (laughs) but uh cool yeah we're not really doing any diets we're on the diet of uh we're running out of food (laughs) yeah jordan's avoiding going to the market diet that's what we're doing um No, I'm going to go either today or tomorrow. I've been doing a 30-day yoga challenge. Ooh. Today would be day I, 18. Are you nice and bendy? I'm so <laughs> yeah, bendy. She's so bent like Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, if we're talking about what we're doing 30 days, uh, I'm doing a 30-day coding challenge. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm coding. What's the challenge? It's basically at nine in the morning. I get a new coding challenge. It sounds pretty boring. <laughs> I get a new uh, challenge every morning. They're like, they were easy the first couple of days. Now they're starting to get really difficult. But uh, you know, it's good for my brain and it's good for my skills. And you know, if any any employers are listening out there, hire me. It's good <laughs> for uh, hacking into the mainframe. Yeah, I've been trying to learn how to hack into the mainframe. All right, we'll do it. Just do it. Watch uh, that movie, Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured I'd uh, 
I'd reward myself after the 30 days with that movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so busy. Is anybody what? Grinding? Are there anyone's gears being ground? Mm. Oh. Um. I broke a plate yesterday, and it was very sad for me. You did what? I broke a plate. Oh, my God. That's okay. We, we, we got it cleaned up real quick. There was a waffle on it with sprinkles that I couldn't eat. Oh, uh, I thought you were saying there was a waffle on the plate. That was the design on the plate. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was your... Actually, it's really nice. A really nice plate. <laughs> yeah. And I just but, smashed uh, it into five million pieces. We're not going to relive that moment. Um, but on the brighter side, I did learn that if you put rainbow sprinkles into your waffle batter, it makes your life better. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it was really good. Um, one thing that's really been grinding my gear since about nine... 9.15 this morning. Um, I have this coffee mug here. And you know how, like, with a coffee mug, when you put coffee in it that's really hot, like, the handle's supposed to, like, not be hot? Yes. Um, the handle just gets as hot as the mug. That's very strange. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, um, it's interesting. Um it's kind of not really how it's meant to be, but it kind of fucked me up. I couldn't really drink my coffee for a while. Sounds like an April Fool's Day mug. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not as um. It's not thick. I think that's why it's like very thin. <laughs> Ew. I feel like the thicker handle would be hotter. I'm talking about everything's thin. Oh. Like, yeah, we might. Mug. Yeah, is, is there any cool designs on it though? Yo, actually, it is kind of cool. <laughs> I got it from Pop Pop. Um, oh, Pop Pop! It's uh, it's from a pub, and it's called uh, Pusser's Roadtown Pub. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Pop Pop loved Pusser's. Pop Pop loves Pusser's. Yeah, he got it in the Virgin Islands, apparently. It's a damn. cool mug. Like, I back it a lot, but... Um, but it's too damn hot. Yeah. Yeah, we might have yeah. to post a pic for the listeners of uh, your Pusser's mug. <laughs> I'll give the listeners what they want. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I could see how that not only grinds your gears, but grinds your beans, you know? Yep, yep, Ooh, yep. You know what grinds my gears <laughs> is the fact that we are out of coffee. Ooh. Wait, how are, <laughs> how are we speaking if you haven't had your coffee? Oh uh, well I'm I'm drinking D I'm drinking that decaf, baby. And I am having a nice spot of tea. You know, I'll be honest, I've never had decaf. It's... You probably don't believe in it. <laughs> well, I, yo, I, yo, exactly. It probably does the exact same shit as regular coffee. They just throw decaf on it and it has buy it. eighth the amount of caffeine. Really? That's it? Yeah. So it still has caffeine. Yeah, but it's like one eighth the amount of a regular cup of coffee. Wow. Can't believe you fell for that shit, guys. 
Yo, I honestly, I wish your conspiracy theory at this moment was true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to wake up just for the listeners again. This is our second morning episode. Yes. Um. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, and happy happy April Fool's Day. Jordan needs coffee. <laughs> um yeah you know what grinds my gears april fool's day okay i think it should be more than just one day of the year (laughs) Ooh, so you love it so much that it pisses you off that it's so short jordan plays really like fucked up pranks he once told me that he got fired from his job when he on april fool's day and i believed him yeah i kind of go in on april fool's day you guys should do like uh ah, never mind. Um <laughs> yeah. do you have anything planned for tomorrow? Um or, well today. <laughs> well I was gonna pants Jordan in public, but we can't go out in public, so I can't do that. Uh pantsing. Yeah, Kate's really been into pantsing lately. <laughs> oh, horned up (laughs) so do you yeah she's horned up because she's corned up ew ew do you pants yourself first and then the other person or do you pants the other person first and then yourself i call i always called it shanking someone ew oh that doesn't (laughs) that's not what that means in the urban areas where i grew up that's what it that's what we called it Oh God. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we did have a little uh, business at the top here. We put out um, a question on Instagram, and if you don't, if you don't follow us on Instagram, um, do it. Do it. I dare you. Yeah, that's definitely where we get the most play. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we there's a lot of play. It's some might call it our playground. Um, uh. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so we put a question out there. Uh, what A24 movie is your favorite? And we got a lot of responses. And honestly, what I was pumped about was we got like a whole, like a lot of the an- answers were diverse and different. There were a couple repeater, repeat offenders, but um, everybody kind of had a different different one. Do you want to run through some of the, the movies that they chose? So the one that was listed the most was Hereditary. That one got the most amount of love. Mm-hmm. And then Moonlight got a lot of love, too. But then we got your Killing of a Sacred Deer, First Reformed, um, Green Room, Lady Bird. Um, We got your Uncut Gems. Shout out to our eighth grade. Um, Someone said the movie we're going to review, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, Florida Project, Ex Machina, and The Witch. Damn. Bailey, what's your uh, what's your favorite A twenty four? Um, I think it's pretty obvious, but was it Lady Bird? Lady Bird. Now I have a question for you. Later, Lady Bird. Later Bird. <laughs> Later Bird. <laughs> um, Lady Bird greater than greater than greater than Little Women, or the opposite. Oh, that's a great question. You guys still haven't watched Little Women, right? No. No, we keep teasing ourselves every day, but yeah, we got sucked into Tiger King, bro. Don't tell anybody. But <laughs> Dude, you guys finish? 
Don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, not yet. We have two more apps. Um, yo, I actually think maybe Ladyboard, Lady, Ladyboard, <laughs> will be just a little bit above. Ah, oh, nice. Really? Yeah, I, there's like a lot of like older A24 movies that I didn't realize were A24. Movies. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of A24 movies. Mm-hmm. It it got real hot, I think, after Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I wanted. Yeah, Moonlight Oscar. put it on the map, and then, then ever since then, it's been on everybody's radar. But before that, there's one I think called Mississippi Grind that I watched that was really good. That was an early one, I think. Well, we also have uh, the Lobster, right? Mm-hmm. Lobsters A24. That was in a really early one. Yeah. Spectacular Now is uh, A24. Yeah, that yeah. one always surprises me that that one. Uh, but I heard that movie's really good. So is um, it, is, it is good. So is A24. Um, what was that shit called? Um, Obvious Child is Yeah, A24. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I guess Ex Machina was an early one, too. Mm-hmm. Life After Bath. Yeah um we've reviewed we've reviewed a bunch uh, yeah we have but uh, oh george your movie lean on pete yeah Yeah. lean on pete (laughs) not really my movie i'd say it's more joel janky's movie but (laughs) um i don't know what my favorite a24 movie is yeah the one i don't know it's that's a real hard question for me to answer that's why i was excited to ask the listeners but there's a couple besides the ones that were named there's one that like it's a sleeper I think and if you haven't seen it and you're into movies I would highly suggest De Palma and it's more like a documentary but it's about Brian De Palma and he walks through his career and all his movies that he made <clears throat> and like honestly I've watched it so many times I used to watch it falling asleep for a while because I don't know I don't know why but I really like that documentary and Noah Baumbach uh did it so it's it's just done really well and brian de palm is like a super interesting director to listen to so that that's one that i would kind of let people know about i guess yeah i was just looking at that one here and i didn't know that it was noah bomba so yeah Yeah. it's it's awesome um i think um either the lighthouse or um the lobster are my favorites one of those two I like those like oh, yeah. weird films, you know. <laughs> yeah, The Lobster. I, I that's a movie like I could watch all the time. Yeah, like, I like that one. And The Lighthouse is a new one. I, Lighthouse hasn't. I haven't watched it enough to like love it yet. But also Green Room. I know someone said Green Room. That's one that I've seen a lot that I could that I think's awesome too. It's like super unique. I mean, the cool thing about A twenty four is that everything they do is very unique, but they're also all very different they're not of a genre per se um like of the same genre which is nice because i was looking at them like oh i was like i love eighth grade i love life after beth but those two movies couldn't be any more different mm-hmm. um but they're both like have a uniqueness to them which is cool yeah um greater than greater than greater than yeah for real yeah and even i know we don't talk about tv but the quarantine has Kate and I, you know, thinking differently. And we've been watching a lot of TV and we started watching this show, which is an A24 show called Rami. And uh, it's really, really good and really funny. And, 
even A24, I think they did Euphoria, right? Yeah. Like, they just know... What's cool. They know what's cool. They know what's good. So, mad respect. All the... Um, but, uh, yeah. So, thanks for thanks for um, reaching out and answering that question. We're going to try to do a lot more uh, like that on Instagram. Because, um, again, that's where we... Like Bailey said, that's where we get our play. And uh, we kind of like interacting with our listeners through Instagram. So, keep an eye out there and... You know, uh, we only need one of your eyes to look at it. Yeah. Um, but this is episode 125. And this week it was Kate's choice. Yes. Um, so unfortunately, I left my basketball outside. And because Philadelphia is in a shutdown, <laughs> a shelter in. <laughs> Um, not allowed to go outside, so I just left it out there. So I'm just going to high five Kate, uh, for who she chose and why. As you can tell, we're not abiding by the six feet apart rule. (laughs) Um, so I chose Danny Glover. All the applause here. Thank you. Um, I chose him. He was one of the people that was really early on my list for this podcast of people I wanted to review. I don't know why it took me so long, but... He's always been someone up there for me. Uh, He's one of those people where you see him in a movie and you're just like, oh, Danny Glover, he rules. He never really plays like that often a main character, but he plays a prominent role in a lot of movies he's in where it's very notable. And I think the movie that I most associate with him and the reason why I have such a fondness for him is Royal Tannenbaums. I know I talk about um Wes Anderson a lot but his role in that's really like nice but also really sad in a way that's very interesting and I've always really really loved that role he played and it's very memorable uh, which I think all of his roles are like that when you see Danny Glover you're like oh Danny Glover love that guy he's great and every time he's in a scene you're like oh wow that was awesome so hmm. We've also so you've never seen uh, Lethal Weapon. Never seen Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say like <laughs> it's his movie. Um, we reviewed two movies he's been in. We did Dirty Grandpa and Sorry to Bother You. And oh. lately, uh, sorry, go ahead, Bailey. I didn't have anything. Go. Um, I was just going to say lately he he's not having like a reconnaissance or anything like that but he is in some of these more like art artistic like A24 type movies like he's in obviously one of the movies that we're going to uh review The Last Black Man in San Francisco he's in one of my favorites of last year The Dead Don't Die um before- We know you love it <laughs> The year before that, he was in Sorry to Bother You and The Old Man and the Gun. Um, So, like, he's having kind of, in his later years, he's kind of having small parts. He's doing the small part, I think just because he's probably super old, we'll find out. Um, He's playing, like, tiny, really small parts in these, like, really artistic, uh, artor-type movies, which is kind of cool. I like when... uh, older actors or older actresses start doing that yes yeah, so he's definitely in that zone so it's kind of a cool time to review him and i mean he was also in saw yes oh. 
forget. Yeah, you cannot forget. <laughs> Shit, Bailey. <laughs> I was gonna, uh, was gonna rock that one. But yeah, I mean, he's also in. You were gonna rock it. I was gonna rock that one. Um, he's been in an insane amount. Yeah, it's like two hundred something things he's been in. Um, so like as we like to say in the biz, he's a journeyman for sure. Um. Now I have a question for both of you. Have you seen, did you guys see both of these movies previous to watching them for the podcast? Um, I haven't seen either of them. Same. Nice. I still have I still haven't watched them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> yeah, this, these were new to me too. Um, yeah. But I mean, besides that, I, I think... It, I might go as far as to say that Danny Glover is an American treasure and he might be America's grandpa now. I I would agree with that. You know what? I'm usually a fan of disagreeing, but it might be it might also be because in one of the movies he plays a grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll agree. Okay, cool, cool. He also plays a grandpa and dirty grandpa. So oh, it's our yes second he He's the one that was in the nursing home doing all the dirty cross stitching. Oh, that's true, that's true. I was gonna say I don't remember that movie, but uh how could you forget that movie? <laughs> <laughs> um cool. Well if you guys are ready, I'm ready to jump in. I'm pretty excited about both of these movies, so uh okay, which one do you want to talk about first? Um, let's do the good one first. All right, go on fishing. So you, of course, when you say the good one, you are talking about the 2019 masterpiece, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Bailey, take it away. All right, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Here we go. Um, it is about a man who is desperately in love with his childhood home in San Francisco that his grandfather built quotations around built um, in either the 50s or the 40s um, and the owners of the house move out he tries to move himself in and it's all about him and his boy trying to live in this house but it doesn't work out. Aww. Aww. Yeah, great, great, great synopsis, though. That was top-notch. Um, yes. I do have a question, though. I don't know if it's because we're recording you remote and you come in and out, but did you say grandfather? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. That's a sick name. Yeah, though. it's a sick name. I might start you. I I would say Danny Glover is the grandfather of America. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I've seen this movie before, so I kind of want to get both of your overall takes on it before we dive in. Um, Kate, you can go first. So, one, I'd like to um, upfront say that Jordan told me that Danny Glover was in this movie prominently. Um, he plays a very small role in this movie, a very awesome role in this movie, but a very small role in this movie. Um, but I loved it. 
I loved it from the minute it started to the minute it ended. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was really well shot. Super creative. I love the way the plot flows. I love the characters. I truly just like loved this movie through and through. Um, I guess it's my turn. Um, <laughs> typically, I feel like this is a movie where like it's not really my vibe. Like I'm always kind of thinking like, all right, so like what does it all mean? Like, well, if I have to think a lot and I don't really get it, I'm kind of like out sometimes, yeah. but like, yo, I was in, I, um, I liked, uh, love the cast, love, loved his friend. That guy was sick. Yeah. I his friend him. is like my favorite character in it. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell the whole time whether if he was like a little slow or like, not i don't know for some reason i thought he might have been a little slow or something because he didn't really say much he just kind of like drew in his book the whole time well i think Uh, he's like definitely in his own head because he's like that creative type that and he's always looking for stuff to write about or inspiration so i he definitely comes across as like he's more of like an observer yeah yeah for sure but yeah no i loved it um very sad yeah but um I, i thought it was really good I agree. It's so sad. I do want to, because you called me out like two or three minutes ago, I do want to say, I agree. Danny Glover (laughs) is in it for about like five minutes. minutes. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't remember if he was in it or a lot. He felt like he was in it because his moments to me Are are like powerful and like very emotional because he plays the grandpa of the one character, the friend that we were just discussing. Um, and he's also blind mm-hmm. or he's like, no, he's blind. He's completely blind. Um, so the moments with him are like, there's that inherent, you're taking care of him because he's blind. He's also super old. We get a super old Danny Glover here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like lovable and he really, really cares about people. And he always, he comes in in the moments when they both need, like, both of the main characters, like, need support and need, like, some advice. So, like, his moments to me are pretty powerful. That's why I think uh, I thought he was in it a lot more. I think thinking back on this movie, um, it also kind of feels that way. His moments are very big. Yeah. Not in the sense of, like, performance-wise, in the sense he doesn't play a big character, but they just feel um significant not only do they come to him for support but he desperately uses them for support it's like he's his role is so sad because he lives alone in this house and he's blind and all he wants to do is hang out with these boys and spend time with them and they start to like drift from him and the moments where he's like talking about that are just heartbreaking absolutely Mm -hmm. heartbreaking and there's a so as we said before the friend is a playwright and and he draws and the grandfather's like but i want to help you i have all these ideas for your characters and um just hearing him being like desperate to take part but knowing that he's not going to anymore is very 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 sad scene um he also wears dope turtlenecks. He looks sick in a turtleneck. Yeah, I do have to say the style and the clothing in this movie are is like awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, the main character wears the same thing every day. <laughs> yeah, but he looks great in it. He looks so swaggy. <laughs> um, White, yeah. as someone would say. Yeah, he's dripping. <laughs> Ew, I hate that one. 
Um, yeah, and it's definitely like a love letter to San Francisco, which is a city that, uh, first off, shout out to our San Francisco listeners. Uh, I don't think we have many. <laughs> or any. Um, we, we haven't hit the West Coast yet. Um, but uh, um, it's definitely like a love letter to San Francisco. And I think one thing is, I, I know I'm going to spoil this a little bit, but Danny Glover was born in San Francisco. And I'm sure that's why, you know, maybe uh, they reached out to him. Um, and the, the director is, I think, just like from San Francisco. And this is his like love letter. to Jordan it. stole my thunder. Sorry. That's why I so. wanted to do this movie first. So I could reveal it in the oh, I'm thing. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the other movie. What's that? Should we switch over to the other movie? <laughs> now, Dude, I cannot wait to talk about the next movie, but. We're in Last Black Man in San Francisco. I also just like the their accessories. I like that the main character always has a skateboard, and I like that the other one always has a pencil behind behind his ear with a notebook. And I like that little charm to it. Um, but yeah, like Bailey said, it's really a man that's in love with a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the movie's about ownership and property and and that kind of stuff and it's like not only with the house but also with like the jimmy the main character's dad you know has issues and still feels like he has ownership over his son when he really doesn't and then you know the the heartbreaking scene for me is when jimmy is on the bus and he sees his mom who he hasn't seen probably in like 25 years because he grew up in like a foster home and stuff like that that part's heartbreaking for me yeah, I agree. I, it, I feel like if you weren't paying attention totally, like there's people that come in and out that you're kind of like, like if you look away and then, oh wait, that's his mom. Like it's, that's like sad, I guess, to not even like realize that like his mom is that little in his life that he's right, just, mm-hmm. right. And then yeah, same with his dad too. Like his dad. I don't know. That relationship is rough. Like Jimmy, you just feel for him kind of. So you, you, it's a movie where you get really behind the main characters, even though they're like essentially squatting illegally in this like four, $4 million home. And they're basically trespassing before the owners leave. Uh, that's kind of a charm. I like to like Jimmy goes over and paints it and takes care of it while these other people live in it. And they like, they get really pissed off at him and, you know, rightfully so. But you like throughout this entire movie, you feel for the main characters, honestly, almost every step of the way. Like, I don't question either one of them what they're doing. Like, I back both of them. I I agree. I also feel like it's a love letter, but it's also like a trauma narrative in the sense where this son like the main character went through a lot of trauma with his dad i think his dad was a substance user and you know i guess his mom we don't know the story about it but she must have left really young so that when he they were pulled from this house he put into a group home he clings on to that childhood memory of being young and being in this house so it's like he has to preserve if he doesn't preserve this house it almost feels like he's losing the one piece of hope he had when he was in his in the group home of like the hope of being like having that normalcy again for himself so i think it's it's nice also like what it feels like to hold on to your childhood a little bit 
in this movie, which is a beautiful sentiment to be done through your childhood home. I like that parallel of like, if you fix up your childhood home, you'll feel okay. Mm-hmm. I also like the four eyed fish yeah. in the boat. It's showing you like, like how San Francisco has changed, not just by the people in it, but by what they're doing to the environment. Well, it's also a cool way the movie opens up too. Um, what I like about it is like kind of what Bailey said. There's a lot of characters that maybe you just could miss, but they're all significant. They all bring something to the table. Like the movie starts out right away with a kind of a sidewalk preacher um, talking about the gentrification and the change mm-hmm. of San Francisco. And basically the movie collects all these little char- snippets of the characters. And then my favorite scene, I think it's, Kate didn't like it, so I'm kind of curious. I didn't curious. dislike it. I'm curious what you think, Bailey. Is it The whole movie kind of culminates in this play that one of the characters puts on in the house because eventually they have to get kicked out of this house because they're squatting. So, yeah. so they have to put on a... He puts on a play, rather, um, for a goodbye. And he one, he invites all the characters from the movie to the play. And two, a lot of the characters, a lot of the people are characters in the play and i think that's like an awesome awesome way to kind of do the third act like the end of the movie um but kate you were like i don't know if you were down with it i wasn't i liked it but i was i kind of wanted it to be like an actual play Mm -hmm. where i feel like it was like an in memoriam i feel like it was a really awesome way to do like an in memoriam for someone um so I think that just the way I was expecting it to be a play, I just was like, oh, it's not a play. It's a immemorium. You know, I, got, I was into it. I was very into it. I thought it was very cool. Um, I backed it. Love his creativity. But the ending, I don't know if he wanted it to be the ending or the ending of it kind of threw me off. I wanted it to end like good. Oh, right. That's how I feel, too, yeah. Yeah, the ending ending, you're right, is like, sorry, yeah, I said the play was the ending, but it's not. Um, oh, that's what you're saying. I thought, I thought about like the ending of the play. I wish the ending of the play. The ending of the play. Oh, yeah, you're talking yeah. about the end. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not what he wanted. Actually, I don't know what he wanted out of it. Yeah. Um, I so, agree. I mean, yeah, the ending. He calls, go, go. Out, uh, he calls out his boy. <laughs> And uh, says that the house isn't actually as old as, or it's not his grandfather's house. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it's a weird move to throw your boy like on the spot like that. Like, I don't know if that's like just a creativity thing that he was like going through to see like everyone's reaction or his reaction or, or what, but like. I thought it was kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, and for for the listeners, if you haven't seen it, basically he, you know, one of the characters that we meet in the movie gets shot, like gang related or something. Um, so a lot of this play that the character puts on is a memoriam, and and it's actually super powerful. And he has people who are at the play talk about their memories of the person who died. And then, like Bailey said, he kind of calls out Jimmy, the other character, his best friend. And confronts him because Jimmy this whole time has been saying that this family's been in his family and no, his this and his grandfather yeah. or his this house has been in his family and and uh yeah, and that's his right to kind of own it. Uh but like 
the second time around, I don't know why I missed this the first time. I uh, I didn't know that Jimmy knew that it wasn't in his house and he was just lying and living this lie the whole time. Um, and I guess that's where the dissonance and the conflict is between friends because Jimmy knew the whole time that it wasn't in his ha- family, but he's been saying it. And Mont, the other character, was going along and you know, fully supporting him because he believed that the grandfather owned it. So, well, at at the time where he called him out at the play, I don't think that um, Montgomery Mont knew that Jimmy didn't know that. I think he was reveal thought he was revealing something. Yes, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, and I agree with you, but I think that like I wish that wasn't the ending. I feel like for two friends that are so personal that everything stays between them, that it's a weird thing to do at the play. But I don't think that was his intention. I almost wish we got to roll out the true ending of that play. So I think he was trying to tell him that he's beyond this home, he's beyond this house. And I think he was going to go into a narrative about like what it's like to be a person in San Francisco, which would have been really cool and interesting. And I kind of wish that that conversation was done more privately. But I also feel like... um, It's interesting because it's one of those things where everyone, I think, feels this at some degree where you tell yourself a lie so much that you believe it's true. And I love that aspect of it where it's like he wanted that to be true so badly that he started to believe in himself that he forgot that it was not true, Mm -hmm. which is like heartbreaking in itself. And uh, yeah, I mean, and you really like like when um they first kind of move into the house after the, the owners move out. There's like a, a tour that comes by on segways and uh, Jimmy like kind of tells the guy off about like when the house was built and like spits out facts about his grandfather building it in this year and all that stuff. And like, it really makes you believe like, it. Trust, trust Jimmy. Yeah. But, yeah. He goes deep into the lie for sure. Absolutely. It is sad. It's It's really sad. sad. But this movie overall, like kind of what Bailey said too, there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of like, you could get, you know, you could put the the connections aren't obvious or the themes aren't as obvious. And it like definitely makes you think. And it's a, it's a vibe type movie, but overall it's like beautiful. It's a cool meditation on this kind of stuff it's shot like really really well and really interestingly too and i like a lot of the shots because the character has a skateboard he's skating around san francisco which is i don't know anything about skating but i just assume it's not a very skateable city <laughs> um yo going up those hills would be awful yeah, yeah yeah i mean going down them and even even the one scene where like jimmy is like so frustrated he like basically rides down a hill and crashes himself on purpose like i don't know the whole transportation aspect of the movie is really interesting to me there's you know his one uncle or cousin or whoever that is uh mike epps is lives in his car um he finds his mom on a bus he's always taking a skateboard his friend runs alongside of him with a skateboard. There's just a lot of like cool shots with transportation and there's like a transportation theme there too. When you always see them waiting for the bus, but you never see them. They get on a bus at some point, but you don't see them get on the bus and you never 
see the bus arrive ever yeah. which is interesting there's some shots where you see the bus in the background which is kind of cool and you're like oh well, there's the bus that they've been waiting for like this whole time but mm-hmm. they get tired of waiting i guess the transportation mu- system must not be great and there's one scene where they're waiting and a party bus a party trolley comes by and they're just like these rude people uh, but it shows like the mix of demographics i guess living in san francisco of like the art type you know the i guess whatever uh technology type people that work there and then the regular people that live there it's an interesting dynamic well i'm not i'm not sticking up for those partiers but there was a man at the bus stop that was completely naked (laughs) (laughs) he's cool um yo did you ever think um that montgomery and uh jimmy we're ever gonna hook up yo yes this second time around there's definitely like a uh i don't know more than I, a more than friends vibe thing and i guess it's hinted at because the quote-unquote like gang gangsters in their neighborhood like point uh-huh. it out a little bit um but they're just i think they're just artistic i think montgomery is gay yeah, yo, I that that's what I thought for sure, especially when he uh invited that one guy for a Schmitz or something, <laughs> whatever. They oh call yeah, it. for a Schmitz. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think Montgomery's gay. Jimmy, I don't know, but so, the thing I do like is there isn't there aren't any like sexual relationships in this movie, which there doesn't need to be. The sexual relationship is between Jimmy and the house. <laughs> There's true. There's a scene when they're in the house where they're making breakfast and Montgomery's like mixing up eggs and Jimmy is sitting behind the counter and then you look through the neighbor's window and it's a wife and husband in their home where the wife is mixing up eggs looking at the husband sitting at the table. And I think it's to show like that's kind of their relationship where Montgomery takes care of Jimmy and jimmy needs to be taken care of um and yeah. I, I love that subtle analogy of their relationship so that's why maybe i think the ending is appropriate because it's like jimmy's going out on his own in a way like i don't know the ending is super symbolic basically it's jimmy taking uh, montgomery's tiny little rowboat and just going out into the bay by the golden gate bridge also like they don't show the Golden Gate Bridge the whole movie, and it's a movie about San Francisco, and then the last shot is the Golden Gate Bridge, which I think is kind of appropriate, too. So I think it's also they just wanted a cool shot and like a kind of a symbolic yeah. way to end it. And in that sense, it's like a good way to end it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> Yo, when Jimmy leaves, like Montgomery's just like... Uh, he's got nothing left, I feel yeah. like. I mean, it's because it's and like kind of do his own thing and not be dependent on montgomery but like montgomery was definitely i would say in love with jimmy and oh, for oh, sure yeah. and like it's very sad for montgomery yeah but montgomery still has danny glover <laughs> truth but i I, I like that though i like how i thought it was gonna just end uh, with jimmy rowing away but i like that they show montgomery's life without jimmy that's fucked up a little bit kate you wanted to see him suffer no i just think it's like it's sad but it's so beautiful i think everything about this movie is like just beautiful 
And I do like how the director does a little M. Night thing where he puts himself in the movie for a hot sec. Mm-hmm. Um, he got handed a, uh, uh, like a flyer to come to the show, right? Right, yeah. right. Um, so that's kind of a cool move, too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to what this guy does next because, like, for this being your first movie, it's pretty incredible. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. I did this movie get it. overlooked a little bit? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. If, I don't know. It's it's hard because, like, I could see this being one of those uh, award season movies where everybody's like, wait, what's this movie? And, and then... I don't know. Uh, not. Ne- I don't think it should have won anything, but like, should have gotten nominated for anything. Who knows? I don't know. I, if I like, I mean, watching the movie, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like everyone was like, "Oh, this movie's gr-. like." I wouldn't be surprised if it was like nominated for everything. And right. Was all it. Like that wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, "What?" Like, yeah. This movie. Exactly. Would- it has like that written all over it. Kind yeah, of. I agree completely. Um. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about the movie. I I think it's Film Friends approved for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a vibe. It's like a meditative movie. And it's just, I don't know, if you want something to watch something like beautifully shot, it's sad, so prepare yourself. But I would highly, highly suggest it. Um, and it's streaming on Prime right now if you have Prime. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, mm-hmm. all right, so let's give it, uh, let's give it some ratings and then we'll... We'll find out a little more about DG. Bill, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I'm gonna give it a um. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, what? Go watch it. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a. Just go watch it. <laughs> um. I want to. I love this movie. I thought it was incredible. But I also want to leave it with a quote that you don't get to hate it unless you love it. True. 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 And if you follow me on Letterbox, you know what it is. <laughs> uh, That's that was my review for yes. Letterbox. Um, but uh, cool. So uh, we're in between movies. How are you guys feeling? Good. Oh, I'm good. I'm chilling. Okay, cool. Um, Well, I know I gave a little bit away saying that DG was born in San Francisco. But that's all I really know about his life. So I'm kind of curious about his body. (laughs) What's your height? What's your weight? What's your height? What's your weight? With your hopes? Match or decay What's your height? What's your weight? Will they get it wrong? Will they get it right? Alright, so we have everything this week What's but shoe height? size and I forgot to tell you not to say shoe but I figured you guys would do it anyway So Jordan said he's 6'2", 190 pounds size 11 shoe 72 years old Virgo from Raleigh Oh, Raleigh. 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 <laughs> Bailey said he's 6'2", 220 pounds, size 12 shoe from New York, New York, 69 <laughs> years old, Libra. 
Ooh, a Libra. So you're both hit the nail on the head at six two. He is six two. Um, mm. he's a hundred and seventy four pounds. So skinny. Skinny mini. Um, he was. That's born, really. It yeah, is, that is really skinny. Skinny. for six two. <laughs> um, he was born July twenty second, nineteen forty six. So he is seventy three years old. So Jordan, you were one year off. And he is a cancer. Clip, mm. clip, 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 clip. <laughs> I'm a cancer, so we're cancer twins. Um, and yes, he was born in San Francisco. Um, which I truly think is why he was in the movie. Yeah, I think so too. Um, he was his first movie was Escape from Alcatraz in 1979. Um, he was born Danny Laburne Glover, so his first full name is Danny, oh, which is yeah. kind of cool. That's kind of cool. All right, ready to guess some favorites? Yeah. What's always. what are his favorite hobbies? Fishing. Um, uh, bowling. <laughs> Traveling and singing. Who is his oh. favorite actress? Um, Audrey Hepburn. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> um, Sarah Paulson. Oh, who interesting. Is, who is his favorite singer? Uh, Frank Sinatra. Rod Stewart. Bruno Mars. What? <laughs> He's so hip. <laughs> yeah, he's so hip. What's his favorite destination? Ooh. Uh, heaven. Ew. Uh, ooh, uh, Hawaii. Uh, London. Oh, destination. <laughs> What's his favorite TV shows? Well, uh, he's hip, so he probably likes Euphoria. <laughs> Um, mad about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he likes American Dad and OJ Made in America. American Dad, huh? Wait, American Dad isn't that about? It's like a cartoon. It's a like Family anime? Guy spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. So both of his parents were postal workers. Um. He. He actually used to suffer from epilepsy, but hasn't had a seizure since he was 35 years old. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds a little sketchy to me. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, he was arrested in 2010 for protesting unfair and illegal treatment for workers. Um, so I didn't write all this down because literally there's not a lot of facts about who he is as a person, but there's straight up like pages and pages and pages of how much activism he does he does it locally nationally and globally so he goes to different continents to um protest for different things and he even goes down to local government to protest for different things for local workers it's yeah, pretty amazing sick. yeah he's he's pretty cool yeah he's an interesting dude he is from the activism to the american dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all i got on him huh yeah he's pretty private danny glover pretty private wow. but pretty public about his activism well we just learned about 
you know, some facts about him and his physical specimen. <laughs> Ew. Um, but Danny Glover, Danny Glover, do you have a lover is the question oh. that's running through my head right now. So oh. cue the music. <laughs> Nah, maybe we should be letting this go, but Donald Glover? <laughs> no relation. <laughs> okay. All right, Danny Glover. Um, I got two relationships in my file. One is interesting. Not sure if it's true. Um, we got Whoopi on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Damn. know that's true. No years. Nobody knows when it happened, but... Someone had an inkling that they got together. Now, does it have and, a rumor tag on it? Um, no. So it, I guess it's been confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> confirmed, but the person who confirmed it didn't know the date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of thumbs down on that one. People don't approve. Um, but I do have in another relationship that he was, I guess, married from seventy-five to two thousand. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, Asaki Bomani. It's uh, some. She looks like an African lady. <laughs> and uh, I guess they got divorced. Yeah. And That's he got, crazy. He got remarried. Did they? To Eileen Cavaliero. Oh, uh, so he has a. I think my, my, my file stopped in the year 2000, so. Yeah, um, he got married in 2009 to um, a woman who's from Brazil named Eileen Cavaliero. Okay, there you go. So um, I, I have images of him in a sake, or I don't know how you pronounce it, up over here, and they're a very, very cute couple. Oh, uh, It's a shame. Yo, I, I don't know if this is appropriate, but I'm going to go for it. Um. When you said like that they were married for twenty five years and just you know stopped in two thousand, I had a thought like, oh no, did uh -huh. is is he widowed? Like, uh... did she die? And what's interesting is, I don't know if we've had many widows on the yeah. for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've had I... any. Yeah. I I have no idea, bro. Like, I know that's kind of dark, but at the same time, like, it, we don't come across it. So, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully moving forward, we don't come across it. But True. just throwing that out there. Thank you for that, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did Michael Caine have a widow or no? No. I don't I know. Think I so. think Donald Pleasance did. But, <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Danny Glover, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't expect anything else other than like a long relationship. Um, He's little surprised that he got divorced. Divorced, yeah, and then married someone twenty years younger. But he is, but he hasn't married to that person that's twenty years younger for ten years. 
So yeah. and, and maybe yeah. she keeps him young and hip. That's why he likes American Dad and Sarah Paulson. <laughs> she, uh, she's just waiting for him to croak. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Who knows, though? Who knows? Um, but uh, cool. Well, now that we know a lot more about Danny Glover and, you know, Bailey brought up a good point. Donald Glover? <laughs> no relation. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's move into the lower rated movie. And that is the 1997 comedic masterpiece, Gone Fishing. Bailey, take it away. Um, you're coming in and out. Did you say you asked me to do it? Do my thing? <laughs> yeah, we asked you to do your thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, going fishing. Oh, my God. Um, yo, yeah, oh, I hate, I hated this movie. Um, oh, no. it's about, <laughs> I had a feeling Donald Glover on a fishing trip, um, because that's all they know. Um, <laughs> and uh, honestly, chaos ensues, and it's just like a classic. Like everything goes wrong, but they're dumb, so it doesn't matter. And uh, it's then they like find a bunch of money, and there's some guy trying to kill him, and you know how it goes. It's a classic dumb and dumber situation. <laughs> but yo, it was. Oh my god, dude! If I had to hear the names like Gus and john or whatever one more one more time dude Mm -hmm. every time they spoke (laughs) literally every time they spoke they said the other person's name yep yo and joe pesci is putting on some sort of accent and his s's are sh instead of s and he says gus like you said every single time he speaks he ends it with gus and i do have to admit yo it was very very hard to to get like i didn't find like hardly any of it funny at all like it was just like i don't know why they were being so dumb like they had like no reason to be that dumb i just don't i don't get it they have families and stuff like i don't know jordan loved this movie (laughs) god it was so bad i feel self-conscious i so it's obviously not a great movie at all rated four percent on rotten tomatoes it's rated four percent holy cow yo i don't think it's four percent bad i just don't um uh uh-oh we lost bailey Uh uh-oh bailey yo yo it's bad movie's bad (laughs) oh no um hopefully you're recording on your end bailey uh what up okay cool (laughs) Uh, yes, this is a true worst at 4%. Um, Jordan loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so let me let me defend myself. Um, it is horrible, and I will say for the first half of the movie, I was, like, annoyed because I was like, these people are so dumb, and they're not being that funny, and they're just making all these horrible choices, and how are they getting away with all of this? Mm-hmm. But then once, and that's kind of Bailey's sentiments, what he's expressing, but I dropped that halfway through the movie, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to root for them. 
and I'm going to love them for who they are. And then they became my best buds. And like, and then, then I found it a little more funny once I accepted that they're like Mr. Magooing everything, you know? Oh, uh, that's a good way to put it. They are Mr. Magooing everything. And also, um, Jordan felt he went through a roller coaster where first he was like, all right, I know what this movie's going to be. And then he got into it. And then about 20 minutes before it ends, Jordan goes, well, this is the longest hour and a half I have ever experienced. Yeah. Yo, honestly, I think most parts of the movie were, I mean, every, I think every facet of the movie was bad. Like I thought the acting was really bad. I thought the storyline was really bad. I thought it, the movie should this should be like on that uh, movies how are the how are they made? <laughs> yeah, so I actually thought uh, that this might have been a how did this get made movie, so I looked it up, but it's not. Um, it would be a perfect one though. Uh, but what I I guess I have to defend myself really quickly. I obviously don't think this movie's like great by any means. Um, but once I abandoned the fact halfway through the movie that these people are dumb, that they make all the bad choices, um, that everything's going to go right for them, even though they're running into all these follies, I kind of found some charm in Joe Pesci, I guess, and Danny Glover. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love their hats. <laughs> I'm really into Joe Pesci's hat, and I love how he takes care of Danny Glover. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm usually on board with, like, some of the bad movies saying I liked them and stuff, but, like, this is just one that, like, oh. couldn't, couldn't get me. I get it. I mean, they're when they go to this fishing trip, they talk, like, literally Joe Pesci's asking questions about fish and how to fish, and it's like, apparently they've been doing this their whole lives, yet he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, that's what confuses me. They're supposed to be semi-pro fishermen because they won, like, a, con- a contest that yeah. Willie Nelson hosts. Somehow mm-hmm. Willie Nelson's involved in this. in this movie. And he shows up at the end to save them as a spirit question mark. <laughs> like, was that the spirit of Willie Nelson or was that Willie Nelson? I think that was Willie Nelson. I think it was him. I think he just <laughs> found them. Yeah. Yo, he's glowing. <laughs> I think he roams from in that area. I think that's like where he fishes. That's why they're going down there is because he fishes that area. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I stand corrected. I thought it was the ghost of Willie Nelson. I wish we got to see more of them as little kids. They're my that was my favorite part of the movie where they're like little kids fishing off the bay, smoking cigars at like age six. <laughs> I am surprised, Bailey, that you didn't like this because you're usually all in for a buddy movie. Um, And their friendship is the most supportive friendship I've ever seen. Like, no matter what, they have each other's back. And I don't know. I just thought you'd be more on board with that. Um, Yo, I usually am. But, like, yo, they were just so they were children in like grown-ups bodies and it just kind of like it wasn't believable for me not like dumb and dumber like dumb and dumber is a way better i mean obviously it's a way better version but like it's like this was what everything this is a wrong it was just wrong they didn't hit it i also feel like this movie is just oh all these movies um 
move along due to convenience, but I think that the element of convenience in this movie is just too much. It just makes uh-huh. it exhausting. It's being like, okay, we get it. Like, well, the things are just easy. I don't know how they don't get arrested for, yeah. like, all of the stuff that they do. And there's also no break, right? It's yeah. like chaos, 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 chaos. There's no, like, lull in any of it. It's just continual. And yeah. and I guess another thing is, like, uh, how much money do they have? Are they millionaires? Because they're, like, causing... <laughs> A lot of expensive things to either burn up or break or like, like I don't know what they do for a living because like they have to have a ton of money to like pay for all the shit. That's what annoys me because they start doing all this stuff because I guess for the listeners, if you haven't seen Gone Fishing, um, basically they're, they go down to, you know, fish in Florida or join a tournament or something. I don't know. They're best buds and they love to fish. I, I actually don't know their motivation, but um, basically a criminal on the run steals their car and that criminal leaves a lot of incriminating evidence and a map to a treasure and to money and jewels in the car. And when they get the car back, they realize, oh shit, we have all this stuff. There's reward money on this criminal we have the evidence, we have the knife, we have the map, we're rich. Just because they have all that shit, they think they're rich and millionaires. And so then they start doing outrageous stuff because they think, oh, we're going to get this money. Yes. Which is like shows how dumb and their flawed logic throughout this whole movie. Yo, I didn't even pick up on like they thought they were rich because they were going to get the money. Like I just thought they were like, Oh, well, we're just dumb, so we're just going to spend a month. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, they, you know what? You could be right, too. They literally were like, we have all this. We're going to get all this money from the reward. Let's, like, do it the way we want to do this trip. But at the same time, like, if you leave that out entirely, they still burn down that hotel and are not paying for it. They, their car went through a restaurant. They're not paying for that. Like, there's, like, a ton of damage they do that they never even consider helping. Yeah, they straight up... I mean, it's not said in the movie. I mean, okay, I'm going to connect it here. In the movie, they have to, like, kill people with some of the explosions and the shit that they do. Um, yeah. But, unfortunately, in real life, uh, two, two stuntmen died making this movie. Um, what? Yeah. During yes. the, I think during the scene where they're on the boat and the controls break and they're just like doing figure eights in the lake or whatever, I think shooting that scene uh, is when the stuntman Imagine died. this being the movie that you, like, that <laughs> ends you. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's crazy unfortunate. I was also yeah. reading something where this was like the low point of both Danny Glover and Joe Pesci's career at 4% low (laughs) yeah like I mean there it's it's 1997 Joe Pesci's been in some of the most like uh well-known movies of all time Danny Glover's lethal weaponing it up and they do this (laughs) well and they commit to this movie yeah that's one thing I'll give them they commit but kind of what Bailey was saying is they commit to hard to characters that are annoying like the way they talk is rough um yeah it's very rough like they repeat everything they say yes like joe pesci will say we should go fishing gus and 
Gus is Danny like, yeah, up, let's go fishing. Yeah, Gus will be like, yeah, Joe, we should go fishing. Like, that's the dialogue in yes, this movie. Yes, it's all rough. And there's also, like, a that, whole thread that's not needed with those ladies. Yeah. Um, another thing, I guess, would be, like, who are they targeting? Because, like, to get, like, two old guys for a movie that's, like, kind of for, like, a first grader's, like, comedy level <laughs> is, like weird well, like yo i think they're targeting i had like people like joe pesci and that's why i kind of had this thought of like was this when larry the cable guy was popular because that's all, all i could think about was like it's kind of like that humor so like just old old men would think this movie was funny like i i i don't know if i i don't know i think a, maybe a child like a four or five year old would think this movie's funny and like <laughs> understand the dialogue and like kind of be into it maybe but like the, anything over that like i think they'd be out maybe the third thought process was like this is a movie where their dads where dads can take their sons to yeah yeah there you go yeah i mean that's kind of i guess the vibe um i kind of think of where i come from and i could see a lot of people uh in my hometown really <laughs> really getting into this this movie okay <laughs> i mean shout out where i'm from but uh uh yeah and the director is christopher kane um not i mean also known as dean kane's dad um what? yeah so think about it um but he didn't really do much in the way of good movie i mean he did the next karate kid um, the one with hillary swank yeah <laughs> he did young guns um which kind of looks dope <laughs> um but yeah, he doesn't have much of a career either. And there's a rumor that JJ Oh, JJ Abrams is a writer on this movie. Huh. huh. So Interesting. Not only a low point for Danny Glover and Joe Pesci, but I, I do have to say it's probably a low point for JJ Abrams. Yes. Definitely a learning experience for him. He did go by Jeffrey Abrams at that point, so it's before he he became JJ. Right. Yes, true, true. absolutely. And his thing was probably like the treasure map uh, yes. <laughs> part <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, didn't love this movie. Love their the love their hats though. Really into their hats. I I do have to ask Bailey. I mean, at this point, I'm sure the listeners know that you're 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 probably uh, you're taller than average, and I'm uh, definitely shorter than average person. Did you see yourself in Danny Glover the way I saw myself in Joe Pesci? Um, not until right now, but like <laughs> I can see that being us. What yeah. I'm what I'm saying is for Halloween, if you want to pair up, uh, I'd gladly go as Gus and Joe. Okay. I don't really know. I don't think anybody would understand. <laughs> but I'm down. We just have two fishing poles with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's rough. I, I don't know. I I th- I see a tiny bit of charm if you could if you could get through the first twenty minutes and you're like, okay, it's okay, then then you're good. But if you're like these characters are annoying right from the get go, it, it's it not off. gonna get better for you. So, also, I want someone to explain Joe Pesci's haircut to me. I need to know why it's short underneath the baseball hat and slightly longer. Like what's covered by the baseball hat? I just always figured he was bald. Is he not bald? He's balding, but he has like 
where the where his hat doesn't sit like where it's exposed it's shorter than what the hair is underneath the hat but just by like half an inch maybe yeah, it's a weird fate like weird crew cut yeah like an odd crew cut it's like a bowl cut but very very minimal i also kind of like what you said though bailey like they have decently nice houses in their hometown and like really nice families and they live right next to each other like they look like they're doing all right when they're at home for sure but then when they go away it's just they're incapable of surviving or living or doing anything i don't understand it. their wives hint to that they're like are you sure you want to do this because every time you guys go fishing something goes wrong yeah and they don't even get to fish. They fish the guess, bad guy. I guess is the big joke at the end, but they literally don't fish. They, they catch they catch the big guy with yeah, their rods. Yeah, so they catch yeah. the biggest fish of them all. Yeah, I guess you're right in that. But yeah, low point for Danny Glover. Still love him though, and also yeah. it makes me kind of want to do Joe Pesci for a film friend because like Joe Pesci's cool, right? Sure. Do you want to watch this movie again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll skip this one. Um, but uh, cool. If you guys have nothing else to say, uh, I'm good for this one. Um, we could rate it. Okay, let's rate it. I'll uh, I'll give it a flick and a dip. Ooh, love it. I'll give it. I have so many memories in that car that I can't even remember. <laughs> um, I I advise anyone if this movie's on, just get out of there. Just leave the room. <laughs> Don't change the channel. I will room. say it was on HBO, right? Yeah, HBO Go, yeah. Yeah. So if you are curious and you enjoy bad movies, uh, give it a shot. And <laughs> as they would say, it's never too late to see a palm tree. That's true. Um, but, yeah, so Danny Glover, I mean, we definitely, I love him. We definitely uh, unfortunately, picked a, a rough one for him, and then we picked one that he's barely in but you still feel the effect of Danny Glover and you feel that love and charm emanating from him and he also has the best voice ever and yeah uh, yeah, and I I also back that he's an activist that's one thing I didn't know about him Um, and I respect him hardcore for that yeah I love Danny Glover still and I guess check out Lethal Weapon (laughs) Bailey how does this fit on your scale um the, uh, the, like uh yeah i would uh eh, i don't know danny glover's cool i guess but, like i wouldn't go out of my way if he's in it you'd be like that's cool yeah or yeah i, I think also searching him out yeah yeah i think it's also the reason why i was okay with doing last black man in san francisco even though he had a short part is like i think a big reason for this podcast like we love those people who have small roles but are like powerful yeah um and that's kind of what the essence of this podcast is a little bit and you know we try to get them where they're in a significant role but a lot of these film friends we love them because of their small roles so i thought you know it's appropriate to do that um and danny glover's definitely become one of those people Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so i think that's it um bailey anything else on old danny glover oh on dg no i'm good you're good no i'm good on dg yeah okay cool um well once again 
uh, for the listeners. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Um, we appreciate you listening to us still in these weird, weird times. Um, but uh, And also, if there's any technical difficulties, we apologize ahead of time. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Um, but, uh, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to continue to give you some content. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll be interacting with you on social media, uh, specifically Instagram, so keep an eye out there. Um, and if you have any suggestions for us, um, any movies that you want us to review in terms of film friends, uh, hit us up. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Happy, happy April Fool's Day and uh, stay safe. Um, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. All right, bye. Bye. Michael Shannon.